Everybody, 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 drop your box. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And we're in a new Survivor season, Evan. Survivor 44 is just a few days away, and we really hummed and hawed about whether we would get together and talk about this <laughs> cast. But here we are because, you know, we are at the service of our listeners, and they need to hear it. And so we're going to talk about the cast today. Can we give people a little bit of behind the scenes to say that, like, Sean and I had a huddle ahead of 44, and we're kind of like, we want to go in. Actually, it was Sean came to me, so maybe maybe this was pointed. <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming but, in with a positive attitude. Yeah, we're coming in and basically, like, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know how we feel about Modern Survivor. You know our frustrations. Likely, you share some, if not all of them. So we're kind of like collectively recognizing that like we miss the old show but we're also kind of saying like let's accept the food on the plate in front of us absolutely and uh what a feast we have today <laughs> we might be <laughs> left like hungry a, do you know in hook when they have the invisible <laughs> absolutely food? <laughs> that's literally what i was thinking about <laughs> i swear to god <laughs> You're playing with us, Peter. You're playing with us. Okay. Jeff. <laughs> okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to break it down by tribe. We're going to go through everybody in the tribe. We're going to watch their one-minute videos. Survivor puts together these one-minute, like, meet the player videos. There's really a lot left to be desired in these. They don't really give us a whole lot of information, but we find out who they are. We see a little bit about them. This is an audio podcast, so you're not going to see it, but we will play the clips for you so you can hear their voices, uh, hear about these people. And I have a little bit of supplemental information um, to sort of, like, fill out the conversation here get a better idea of who these people are can i pause just to say like just show us their audition tapes like you were convinced to cast them based off of a video that they made describing who they are it's like it all seems so simple like show us the exact thing that you saw that compelled you the producers of this show to cast this person Okay, counterpoint. I don't want to see their audition tapes. Okay, edit down their audition tapes to like a best of. Okay, I hear you. Well, this is what we got. So we're going to start with... <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> we're going to start with the Tika tribe. This is the purple tribe. I feel like this is the, the most colorful tribe in terms of personality. So let's start strong here. We're going to start with Bruce, who is 45 older person on the cast this is a really young cast at least it feels young to me i haven't crunched the numbers but feels like a young cast to me uh but this is bruce who is 45 years old hi this is bruce from season 44 of survivor i am a realtor and getting ready to go into the game after being such a big fan it means a lot to my family i'm a dad i'm an awesome husband so i'm older but what made me apply was just knowing that I could do it. Because when I was two, I went into the foster care system and I was adopted at the age of seven. And there was 120 some odd kids that came in and out of the house throughout that 20 year period. 
So just like with the game of Survivor, you gotta be a chameleon. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to formulate to what's going on. Change your colors if you need to. And during the game, you change your colors. You drop your buff and you pick up another one and you're a different color. So that's a you know chameleon all in itself. And I think that's a huge part of my life. So multiple times a day, I tell myself, I'm gonna win Survivor. Okay, Bruce. Bruce. So what sticks out to me here is this story about the adopted into a foster care system house, basically. And that's that's interesting. Like that does apply to Survivor, this like hundred and something kids that he um, <clears throat> had to like basically come in and out of a family of sorts. I mean, I think it's interesting. What I do find like troublesome about Bruce is that in some of the supplemental information I found, which by the way, this mostly comes from interviews by Mike Bloom on Parade that I pulled these from, um, is that he says that people are going to probably perceive him as an arrogant dude. So that wasn't the vibe I got from this one minute video, but I see that as a little bit of a red flag. Mm. Yeah, I definitely am getting like a Tom Westman vibe about him in mm. the sense that like he's the family man and he's also like very comfortable being perceived as like, the dad, because even though he's 43, he's delivering the lines as though he's 63. Like, can yeah. you believe, like, I've got the gas left in the tank to go and do this? And it's like, I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, that's interesting, though, because, yeah, you don't get a very arrogant vibe from him. If anything, you get, like, the idea that he grew up in the foster care system would make him particularly empathetic yeah. to others. You would yeah, think. totally. Or even, at the, or even at the very least, you would think he thinks of himself that way. Yeah, and he said that one of the, and I, I know we like don't like to put a lot of stock into like, what which winner do you see yourself, you know, um, do you see yourself in or which non-winner? But for his non-winner, a lot of these people are picking like very recent people, like new era people. And I don't know if that's like Survivor pushing them that way or not, or just like recency bias. But uh, for his non-winner, he said coach, which I thought was an interesting choice. And I could see how that would tie into this like, people see me as arrogant so i don't know like maybe he's got some skills he's gonna pull out like dragon slayer kind of uh tendencies at least we can hope so because honestly i think the show needs more coach-like characters so uh let's hope let's hope he delivers shall we move on to the next one yes our next person is carolyn carolyn weiger who some are calling mother let's watch and see if we agree my name is Carolyn, I'm 35 years old, and I grew up in North St. Paul, Minnesota, and I'm a drug counselor. I've watched the show my entire life, and I never thought I could be a part of something like this, nor did I want to, but my son's eight years old, and when we watched the premiere of 41, he's like, Mom, you would do so awesome out there, and it was like, ah, I got that permission. I will never, ever like go out here and play this game to be quiet, I couldn't. Plus, I've done so much work to like be okay with me. I've been sober for 13 years and being active in my addiction was torture. But I feel like if I can handle that, I can handle anything. And I think about being out here and being sleep deprived and deprived of food. And I feel like, okay, I got this because I've been through it. Like, I just, I'm ready. What's the verdict on the motherdom? I'll quote uh, Kenya Moore in saying, this is a potential mother. Um, I get the vibe. I get the vibe. She feels very natural. She's very easy to listen to. She like has that sort of, 
I don't know, like that Parvati Amanda flow where you're just kind of like, mm. they feel seasoned even when they're new to the show, um, which I like. I'll be really curious to see who she links up with. I hope she surprises us in terms of like who her allies are. Um, but yeah, definitely really exciting. Funny too that it's like, she, we're saying, you know, this is this is a potential mother and it's like, she's our contemporary. Like, Yeah, 25. wild. Yeah, like, that is wild. She's us. Like, we're saying yeah, potential what? mother, but in truth, potential sister. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea of mother is it's like, you know, Meryl Streep or something. It's like, totally. she, you know, I wish she had birthed me. And now we're like, I wish that we, like, were on the playground together. Yeah. I'm, like, cautiously optimistic about Carolyn. There is something where it's like, oh, everybody on Survivor Twitter gets behind somebody. And I'm, like, immediately, like, I'm not, I'm not. Get, I'm not involved in this. I'm separating myself from this. And there's certainly things, I think Carolyn's going to be polarizing. And I th think that that's like, because she's got this big personality and kind of says whatever she wants to say. I will say, sorry to get a little negative here. Her social media is driving me insane. I think uh, there are two members of this tribe in particular who I'm very turned off by, by their social media. <laughs> Um, but I'm not going to hold that against her right now. I do need to see how she plays on the show. She is one of the contestants who has started selling merch preseason. Uh, I will say, though, that her merch is, like, very camp in that it's really bad, but, like, almost with a wink at how bad it is. So, like, so I don't even know how it connects to her, some of it. It's, like, really badly drawn, sort of uh, almost, like, AI rendering animation. So we'll see how that works out for her. I hope she's making some money. Uh, it is a little bit of, like, how good she, can she do if she's selling merch preseason? You're saying she's more likely that she didn't do well? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess you can see. I guess it's, like, either, either you win or you're a pre-merch boot. Yeah, but like whether you make ten thousand dollars or a million dollars, you still either party wants more money. True. That you don't like true. say, "Oh, I got the million." Like I'm good. Yeah, yeah. A million true. in twenty twenty three. It's like, uh, <laughs> when's the next million coming? Yeah, I have to say the the non winners that she uh, relates to are Nora in season thirty nine and Debbie, uh, which is interesting because they are similar-esque, and I can see them in her, both very problematic outside of Survivor. Can I just say, I think we've reached a point with the show being on for 43 years, we can't do the who do you want to play like. Like, I don't have a memory. You're saying someone named Nora. I don't know who that is. You um, literally know who Nora is. Who's Nora? Season 39, remember Dean, remember whoever won Nora was kind of like the crazy kooky. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. So yes, I remember Nora, but I had to jog my memory. Right. And it doesn't, she doesn't stand out like <laughs> too, too, too much. I'm just saying like, yeah. there's too many players in this galaxy now to like. I hear you. To remember. And also like, they, oftentimes people's stories get flattened. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like Nora or Debbie, when you say that, what I'm what I'm get thinking, oh, you mean you're going to be crazy? But there's a lot more to both of those people. But like totally. their memory is just, you think crazy person. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, that this is like the main reason I'm hesitant on Carolyn is that she's somebody who's like, I'm quirky. And I feel like I think about that Avril Lavigne quote where she's like, it's not punk to say you're punk. Like, it's not yeah. quirky to say you're quirky. 
It's the, um, you know, the meme of the woman by the snack section, like the, the refrigerator section at the 7-Eleven and she's yes. got the bag of chips yes. over her head and it says like, yes. what is it? Like, I'm so weird or something. Yeah. I'm so crazy or I'm so quirky yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that same idea. It's very, very that. Yeah. Okay. But she does like seem like somebody based on her answers that really wants to play a human game, compassion relationships. So, I mean, that's what makes the show interesting as opposed to these game body type of players. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm here for that. I'm ready to see what she's going to bring. Is she a single mom? I don't know. Somebody's filming all her content for Twitter. Tell you that. Oh. Well, <laughs> <it's hard. laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to from uh, one social media star to, to another. Uh, this person I am not going to hold back on because I absolutely want this twink obliterated. But before we get into that, let's watch his video to see what he has to say. This is Carson. So my name's Carson Garrett. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a student at Georgia Tech, specifically aerospace engineering, but it's more widely known as uh, rocket science. So I constantly am dealing with like really difficult equations, but I don't want people to see me as this rocket scientist who's leading the vote early on. I kind of want to be hidden in the background. So I think other people are gonna perceive me as the short, 5'5", nerdy, nice person. And then by the end of the game, I can kind of come out as more of a puppet master leading those votes. I've been brought up in the Survivor universe. So the show is literally older than I am. <laughs> but honestly, I do think I can win. I'm here to win. I'm here for the million dollars. I'm here for the title of Soul Survivor. So I just cannot wait. <laughs> Before you ask, he's not gay. I didn't think he was. Oh. <laughs> thoughts on Carson? Um, I don't have strong thoughts on him. Um, I, but I understand, I can tell by watching his clip package that he's someone that's going to like incite strong feelings in fans. So that's my read of him. Yeah. So Carson is the biggest culprit for the pre-season merch. And... This is a huge turnoff for me. He is selling like nice quality stuff. Like he hired a graphic designer. He's like doing takes on the NASA logo. Uh, he is selling a pillow with his face on it. So could you imagine that? You imagine having guests over, you seat them on your couch and they're like, oh, what an interesting pillow. Yeah, that's a 20 year old who's playing Survivor right now. I guess I'm just so curious about like, do people buy this? Because with the whole point of these sites is that like you don't have to put up any money in order yeah. to like make this happen. Uh -huh. So I'm just like, is it all part of a large like because he doesn't actually have to produce any of this unless I mean it's like by the order and everything. So it's like, is this more of a like him having a social media moment to be like, isn't it like isn't this mm. is like a bit? Yeah, it could be a bit. It could not be to say bit. like it's not real, but like to your point, it's like who's buying the pillow? And it's like, well, basically, you can take your. I used to like put there was an app on the iPhone, or it's still it's still there, I'm sure, where like you can take any picture and turn it into a tote bag. Yeah, and like I used to do that all the time, and then people, I was like, oh yeah, this is like my merch. Not I wasn't selling it. I'm saying it was like I was like, yeah, I make this. Like it's like 
What I'm were quirky. you putting on a tote bag? Um, well, I still have two of them. I have the young Pope on one of them, the one of him outside <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Okay. And then I have one when the Versace girls and the 95 Versace girls, so Cindy Crawford, Naomi, et cetera, when they reunited, I think it was the 2017 Versace show. Hmm. Uh, and they all are on the like stair- ascending stairwell at different heights. I got that image um, on a tote bag. Those are the two I still have. Okay. I like that. Would you put one of them on a pillow? No, because people don't see pillows. If anything, it's like toe bags are super fun to like put something on. Yeah, toe bags Imagine are silly. Imagine seeing me walking through the Lower East Side with like a young Pope tote. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. I, you know yeah. what? If I were to bring it back now, I would do uh, the, a pick of Mayor of Easttown vaping. I would put that oh, on the yeah, tote that's for good. sure. That's good. What's going on with Mayor of Easttown? Are we getting a second season? We're not. It's a, it's a contained story. I know she's been no. on my mind lately. There's Mare? just not care. Yeah. There's yeah. not characters like her. No. She's wow, like. Wow, I'm surprised she's not I coming know. back. Well, it's like, what would really happen? Because like, would they, exp- like the story sort of finished. Mare can just solve crimes. I don't hate that. Turn it's, it but into it's a like, procedural so it's like, 24 yeah. episode season. <laughs> Put it on CBS Wednesday nights Damn. at 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a minute. Hey. Um, okay. I mean, listen, well, I've got it on the mind. Yeah. Put it on a tote. Put it on a tote. Put Mare on Survivor. Oh, my God. Well, we don't have Mare, but we have Carson. <laughs> This is the thing. <laughs> These people that really want to be underestimated, but it's like, I would say of this cast. He says, like, as he's shirtless, throwing wood into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> like. And like, I understand the concept of being underestimated, but I feel like you don't need to say it. Of course you want to be underestimated in Survivor. That's kind of the whole point, unless you're playing like a Tony-esque game. But it's like, you're going to need to shut up for a second to be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there someone like this on a recent season who was like trying to like blend, but then like couldn't stop talking and drawing and like drawing attention to themselves. <laughs> I could have sworn, or maybe one of the seasons where we're watching, who knows? But yeah, I agree with you. Also at the end of the day, if you're one of the 18 people cast on survivor, it's like no one's at the end of the day, if you're like, you're cast because you don't blend. I think it's like a given circumstance to all 18 people that like, yeah, the secret to not blending is like, you're going to have to, you can't like just fall back. That's not going to help you blend. If you actually fall back, you actually draw more attention to yourself. Like uh, think about um, who uh, Ramona in season one in Borneo. It's like, she wasn't helping build the shelter. So like that quote unquote low key is perceived as like bad. So like, Status quo, talk when spoken to, ask a few questions, not too many. He doesn't have vacuum. That's a real interesting parallel you drew, Ramona. What? Ramona. Why? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, the game wasn't quite evolved, so it's not like she was falling back. I mean, like, she actually was, like... But it's just an example of, like... I hear you. But It's just interesting. You don't hear Ramona brought up in, like, a strategy chat much. Well... Bring her back. Drop your buffs. The Patreon. (laughs) Uh, okay, this, so this is the thing. Here's here's Carson. He says that there's no bigger super fan than him. He is the height of super fandom of Survivor. And yet, he started watching six years ago with Millennials versus Gen X. That's what pulled him in. Red flag. His favorite moment in Survivor history is when Sandra ate the sugar in Game Changers. 
and caused a rift between JT and Michaela. Do you remember that moment? No. Oh, it is a good moment. There's sort of like an iconic meme from it. Well, not iconic, but there's a great shot of Sandra's face like doing a thing. And so that was, it's fine, but it's like even of Sandra moments, it's not top five. Sandra did the same thing in Pearl Islands when she kicked the bucket of fish over and then her ally got the blame for it. And that was great, right? Um, So I feel like that was a a much more effective, but it's like, it just tells me, I think that despite the fact that you can see every episode, know all the stats, I just don't think we're in it for the same reason. Do you know what I mean? And so like, Mm -hmm. I criticize the super fandom and the uh, self-appointing as ultimate super fan, but we'll see how Carson does. Honestly, he's not my winner pick. Let's move on to somebody who could win. This is Helen. My name is Helen. I work as a product manager and I live in San Francisco, California. I will admit I'm a pretty small person, so I think I'm going to be underestimated. But I do think I'm quite fearless because being a product manager, you have a lot of the ideas and none of the power. You don't actually have the ability to do what you want to do. You just have to kind of convince everyone to do it. So it's essentially an exercise in persuasion, which obviously is, is helpful in Survivor. And I think Erica from season 41, she did a really good job playing a really stealthy, under the radar game and used a lot of the attributes that people would underestimate about her to her advantage, almost like judo, you know, using your own weaknesses as your strength. So I'm going to charm everyone so that they don't see me coming. And I think I'm going to anticipate everyone's moves before they know it themselves. So I think I'll win. Do you think Helen will win? Uh, not no. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you recently said, uh, we shouldn't be encouraging games like Erica's to win because it doesn't lead to iconic winners. Yes, but this goes back to what I was just saying just now, where it's like, again, when she's like, people are going to underestimate me. This is a game where Tina Wesson won the second season of the game. There's no such thing as being underestimated in this game because like seemingly weak people succeed all the time on this game that if you if you are actually someone and of the 18 people on the show who claim to be a super fan and walk in and look at someone who is smaller or older or differently has different abilities and think that that's going to be a weakness in the game then you're not a fan of the show yeah here's something that she said that i really liked in her interview she was talking about the new era and how adaptability is really the only thing that is going to help you. Uh, and she says, I feel like it really tests us as adaptable people rather than the person who knows all the Survivor trivia over the past 20 years. So I think that's really exciting just to see what they throw at us and how we adapt to it. So I feel like, first of all, that's a very optimistic outlook on the new era. But secondly, I really like that in contrast to Carson, who's like, I know everything about Survivor and I'll like stats the house down. And she's like, forget that. Like, that doesn't matter. And it also tells me like, although all of these people are pitching themselves as like ultra super fans, some are sticking out as not super fans. And while I think that Helen has probably watched all of Survivor, a lot of it, um, I do get the sense just from reading between the lines here that she's not like classifying herself as a super fan. And I think that's helpful. I actually think, and we've talked about this, that casting people who aren't diehard super fans who know the show inside and out is a good thing. And there's something to watching somebody come in and learn the game on the fly. We're seeing this right now, actually, in Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains, and I won't say too much, but there is a person who's like an Olympian and 
that was their dream, right? Like their dream as a child was not to go on Survivor. It was to go to the Olympics. They did that. And now they're playing Survivor. And guess what? They're finding out that they're really good at Survivor. And that's like really fun to watch as opposed to like, I've been studying this game my whole life and now I'm going to do this move and this move. And if this doesn't work, then I'm going to this backup plan. It's fun to watch that come together on the fly. And so I feel like Helen could fulfill that for us, but I do hope that she's not purpled in the way that Erica was. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to Sarah. My name is Sarah. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and I am a consultant. I think working in a male-dominated field has really taught me how to work with a lot of different personalities that kind of have different views on what they think of me coming in. They might be very open-minded and cool about it, but they might also be more traditional and not accustomed to seeing a young gal at work with them. So I think figuring out how to win over people's trust in what I can bring to the table is valuable for Survivor. So it is so important for me to be here because playing a game that's so hard teaches you how far your limits are. And to have an experience that pushes you in so many different realms will be, I think, so powerful coming out of the game to realize what you're really capable of. Sometimes you see somebody and you're like, how did they get cast? Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, this could be, I felt that way about poverty in Cook Islands. And I still felt that way after Cook Islands ended. And then she comes back for Micronesia and look what she did. So like people have potential and I'm not saying like, I want to see people who don't make an impact on their first season come back. Like, But we do need an impact on your first season. But these people always kind of interest me, these Sarah type people, because it's kind of like, I'm not hearing like a wild story, a wild no, she's backstory also being of survival. Like, I live in Chicago. I'm a consultant. And I have to live in a world in which people, it sounds like what she's saying is like that it's a male dominated industry and she's a woman. And perhaps that is true. Again, you're a consultant. So I don't actually know those. those that's just a word that people say. I don't know. Yeah. You have to get more specific, dear. Um, but, <laughs> but just like, I don't know what she's, tr- I don't know what she's trying to say. No, is it, not at she's all. saying just as a woman, it's hard to in a male dominated industry, but then it's like, what industry are you in? Because I th- I don't Yeah, I just, I don't the know. industry does thinking. matter. The industry definitely matters. And we're not getting the story on that. I think what she's getting at is I have a, I, I'm used to dealing with dominant personalities and like, then having it, to like, influence those personalities. But some examples would be great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also just feel like that's like very common in like yeah. the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone's like i'm used to working with different all different kinds of people and it's like same yeah and i have to navigate strong personalities every day yeah so this is the thing that i like about her from her interview again reading between the lines i'm getting the sense she's open to being villainous which we don't get a lot of and we don't get a lot of people kind of saying that and where i'm picking this up is that she's talking about looking for an alliance member who's who's going to be like equal with her in terms of like wanting to scheme and pull off not necessarily like big moves, but like, isn't afraid to be mean. Uh, and so I kind of like that. And so I, that's what, that's why I think why I had poverty on my mind when I was uh, first reacting to her video, because I think she can bring that. And it's these girls you got to watch out for. They're just sort of like unassuming. They're sort of a blank canvas at this point and anything is possible which is both exciting and scary because it could totally flop and the canvas will never get drawn on or they could become poverty she also name drops stephanie in her interview so 
That's pretty good. She's just like us. She's just like us. Okay, let's go to Jam Jam. Hola, I'm Jam Jam. I'm 35 years old. I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and I own a beauty salon. Living in San Juan, Puerto Rico, it's amazing. Just like Fiji, it's beautiful, but the humidity sucks, but I'm used to it sucking, so of course I'm gonna win. The Puerto Rican is here to represent, and being Jam Jam, it's impossible to fly under the radar. I don't shut up. That's what my husband says, but I let my guard down on purpose so people find the vulnerability in me and connect with me because the beauty salon is always riddled with gossip. It's something that you need to understand how to take advantage of it and know when to stop it. This game is the best game in the world, and I'm the best player in the world, so we're gonna make it happen for the million dollars and the title of Soul Survivor. Wow! The B-roll was really fascinating. We got a little bit of like wild. a scene at the salon with like another, with an actor or a friend playing the role of salon <laughs> cohort. Uh, that was fascinating. You know, it made me think when he references his husband, we, it's very rare that we get single queer people on this show. Just thinking about like mm. so many, especially the recent queer people, they're often partnered up. Um yeah. Which is just interesting. Um, I mean, he definitely, I mean, he said it himself. He, he, he well, I will say he's coming in doing the saying, I'm going to be the person with the big personality, mm-hmm. um, which we've seen how that works. This reminds me, who was the rainbow woman from 43? Mariah. Mariah, similar energy of like, we watch the video and we're like, oh, like, and so it can, I mean, obviously, I was gonna say it can go either way, which, hello, welcome to prognosticating about Survivor. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's definitely self-aware, but then one never knows. If one can identify the fact that like, they talk all the time, I'm not necessarily necessarily sure that that's self-aware as much as just like, the ability to also see what everyone sees. Um, Yeah. But he definitely seems like he's going to be a big character on the show. Yeah, a big character for sure. I don't know in terms of game how well he's going to do. I could see pre early early pre-merge boot or goat for him. And it depends, I think, on how the rest of his tribe reacts to that big personality. That's always the trick. They could fall in love with him or they could loathe him, which if if they loathe him, then it's pre-merge boot or go right um if they fall in love with him it's going to be a totally different story so we'll see how that goes i hate when in these intro packages i mean it doesn't happen that often but they talk about what kind of player they are they don't know what kind of player they are i mean in this one he says i'm the best player in the world after just talking about sandra it's giving fanny bryce Uh, He also says that he looks up YouTube clips of the family visits and cries at home. Okay. I mean, name five of your favorites. (laughs) No, but I mean, that's definitely, of of all the facts of like, I'm a super fan, that to me is like, at least has like some depth to it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. So that is the Tika tribe. Do you want to like make any predictions on who might be working together? Who's maybe who's first out and an alliance you would like to see working together? So we have Bruce, Carolyn, Carson, Helen, Sarah, and Jam Jam. I'd be lying if I said I had uh, any intelligent thing to offer to that. So you you tell me. (laughs) Uh, I think that probably, let me see here. I think that Carson could be a first boot. 
Uh, And maybe that's wishful thinking, uh, but I feel like he may come on a little strong. He's really young. He seems really cocky when it comes to Survivor. I think that if he's talking about being a rocket scientist, that's like really annoying. That would turn me off. It already has turned me off. And so I'm going to say Carson first boot, crossing my fingers on that. Sorry to all who bought their pillows. And I think I would like to see... I would love to see the girls get together. I would love to see Carolyn work with Helen and Sarah. Like that could be really interesting to me. I think Carolyn will probably be drawn to Jam Jam more naturally, but I would love to see those girls come together because they're three different-ish. I mean, I think I think I see more similarity in Helen and Sarah, but Carolyn is sort of like a wild card in that. It would be kind of cool to see those three come together and see like how they work together if they can work together. So we've seen a lot of talk about female alliances on the show and they just can't come together. But again, like when it's just three people coming together, it's like not even like, a, it's like, it's it's pretty finite. It's like either they can lock it in or they're if one person's out, then it's done. There's not many options. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Okay, well, let's move on to the Soka tribe. This is the green tribe and we're going to go to Claire, who you have a mutual friend with. I'm Claire Rafson, I'm 25 years old, currently living in Brooklyn, New York, and I work as a venture capitalist. I feel like everything I ever set my mind to, I can accomplish, and for me, Survivor's no different because I am a queer black Jewish girl, and I grew up in a really diverse household, especially from my town. So I think like one of the things that Survivor taught me was like, by default, I am always the odd one out. But if I just play a social game of Survivor, if I just play a strategic game of Survivor, I can fit in, I can get what I want. I think those are the lessons that I've taken into my everyday life. And that's kind of how I want to play the game. So being here is like the most surreal thing ever. And what I want is just like some crazy fun players, some fun twists and turns, and then just (laughs) Jeff Probst being Jeff Probst. I think that's all you really need. Okay, I have to say I really like Claire a lot. Yeah, me too. Definite high hopes for her and a really fun confessional, like just easy to listen to. Easy to listen to. What is a venture capitalist? Well, it's funny you say that. I'm not, well, I think I know, but I'm not comfortable (laughs) enough to like disseminate what I know. But our mutual friend works in venture capitalism. So is it venture capitalism? So anyway, so I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Um, Okay, but let's like boulder dash it. Tell me what it is. No, because I'm not going to, because Billy's going to listen to this and like, it will, he'll like use it against me. Okay. Okay. Like I genuinely don't know what it is. Is it related to stocks? Um, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) What is the venture? It's like basically like you. I'm not, I, let's, I, we have to move on. I can't, I can't talk. Okay. About it. We'll have to have Claire on the podcast to explain venture capitalism to yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now I'm going to get all these messages from people explaining venture capitalism. I don't really care, just so everybody knows, but, but I am curious. They basically accumulate, I'm, I'm just, okay, it's like they basically <laughs> yeah, okay. accumulate money using their, like they have a bunch of contacts with lots of money. And so they go to them with opportunities with, for new companies and ah. say, hey, do you want like, do you want to put 50,000 down for this uh, coffee shop that I'm starting in Brooklyn? And then it's like, then the ah. coffee shop does well. And so they'll mm-hmm. go to someone else. They'll be like, we want to open a second location do Mm -hmm. you want to invest blah 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 i'm getting it i'm getting it 
But like you invest in things that you think have like growth opportunities. Yes. Um, new ventures. New ventures. New ventures. And then capitalists like capitalism. Yeah. So new ventures to make money. I didn't Google anything. I'm just trying to. Put <laughs> I didn't hear your keys typing, so I believe you. Okay. Shade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. This is what I like about her is I think that we are the same brand of survivor fan because going through her interview i was like yes 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 we're hearing a lot of i would like to play like marianne i would like to play like omer i would like to play like drea no the person that claire identifies with is courtney yates so iconic so she says that she wouldn't compare herself to anyone okay good check mark but if i had to courtney yates I just absolutely think she's an iconic queen. Her sass, honesty, and ability to get by doing the bare minimum. Love that. And then she says her all-time favorite moment is just generally Cook Island's The Story of the I-24. And that her other favorite moment was every time they sent Candace to Exile Island. <laughs> that's a great answer. That's Yeah, that's really good. That's a great answer. <laughs> that's very, like, a housewives-y answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think we like Claire. Like, Claire might be my winner pick. Let's find out a little bit about Danny. Danny, who follows us. There's a few of them that follow us, and I can't. I haven't kept track of who they are, but I just know Danny follows us because he's, like, all over my feed. Okay, well, let me know, because that means that they might listen to the podcast so I can be more mindful of <laughs> the things I say. Because I, I had to sort my- of, like, curb myself once I found out, like, Carla was listening. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. I have to say, of all the casts of the seasons that we've covered, this is the m- the most followed cast. Drop Your Buffs is the most followed by this cast. And some of them have been following us, like, way before this was ever announced. So I was like, when I find out who they are, I go and look them up, and I try to add them or see if I want to add them. Some of them I'm not adding. And some of them were like, follow back. Wow. Okay. So Danny is one of those. My name is Danny. I am from the Bronx, New York, and I'm a firefighter. Being a firefighter, you live with the other firefighters in the firehouse for 24 hours at a clip and deal with a lot of personalities. So reputation is everything. And then you use that reputation to work in your advantage. So I feel like I could be that same way in my tribe. But I think the way I am originally perceived, I can come off almost like a bro-ish jerk. (laughs) So my goal is to be as fun as possible, charismatic as possible, as kind as possible. And I'm coming in with no expectations. I think that coming in, everything is gonna be terrifying, but everything I've ever done in life that like has truly brought me satisfaction has terrified me. And I'm drawn to this show because it, it terrifies me. So all that I'm gonna do is make the most of every situation because that's the best way to get the results you want, which is to be a soul survivor. Isn't it soul, S-O-L-E? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, these the captions, caption. I think, are oh. auto-generated. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> By the way, this compilation video, don't know if you can see who uploaded it. Carson from the Tika tribe. Like, thank you for doing that because I wouldn't, wasn't going to do it. And you're the only one that did. Certainly Survivor didn't. So, But still, it's kind of annoying. Um, Danny. <laughs> Danny seems like the kind of guy that they would have loved to cast in the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
which I don't mind seeing back. Obviously, it's not my ideal archetype uh, that I root for, but I do think it's important to the overall sort of like dynamic of the cast. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely into him. I feel like we've seen him before on many shows. There's something about like, CBS just loves like a firefighter from the Bronx. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like... And I feel like it's difficult, too, when people are like, I'm going to bring charisma. Because it's like, it's not really something that you can, like, have in your, like, toolkit and be like, oh, yeah, today I'm going to be charismatic. Um, And again, we're hearing a lot of, like, the, I have to work with, like, a lot of different personalities at the firehouse. And it's like, all right, Danny, (laughs) you know, you're not in (laughs) D.C. This is the thing about Danny, though, because he is on our social media and I see his social media a lot. I don't know why, just the algorithm puts him at the top of everything. And so I see a lot of his stuff and it has nothing to do with firefighting. It's all about he does meditation breath work, like a very specific kind of meditation on like breathing, like these wild breathing routines and ice baths. Uh, And maybe the ice baths are why it's at the top of my feed, but he that's like the focus of his social media and uh i saw that he's going to be in toronto this week to do like an ice bath workshop sean get us some not boots going, on the ground <laughs> i'm not going in an ice bath you don't have not to go in, in you just have to be at the at the shore well it's not uh, it's not like at the lake it's like oh. in a bath okay well i've oh yeah. okay I, that's why it's an ice yeah. bath i get it okay. yeah I've done an uh, ice plunge, a polar plunge. Oh, like a day. polar plunge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I hate the cold. I really hate the cold. I mean, no one like likes the cold. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a particularly low tolerance for cold. The difficult thing about it is that like you're cold for so much of the afterwards. So, like it's not yeah, just totally. the getting in the water. Because there's so many people gathered around, it's hard to like then like get into your car. So I think that was the more challenging part was like when you are cold, that's like when you get out of it's like you want to just immediately like warm up and it's like, no, 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 you're gonna be cold for a little bit, dear. Mm-hmm. You're on the deer, my dear. Right? No, 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 I did it yeah. consciously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear from Franny, who is also a contender for me for winter. Uh, my name is Franny. I work in research. I'm a research coordinator, and I currently live in Boston, Massachusetts. It's important for me to be on Survivor to prove to myself that I can actually do it because working in research, I think I've got a lot of gumption. I love when a million things are going on at once and everybody else is kind of freaking out. I feel like I'm the person who can take all that in and make the right decision with it. So I think I probably give off anxious energy. I'm kind of buzzing a lot, but I feel like I'm kind of just zesty. Zesty is like my word. I, I, I love the word zesty and I feel like it describes me so well. So I hope to leave a mark on the game. Like I really want to stab people in the back and like do kind of potentially mean things, but I want to do it all with a smile and hopefully not make people too mad at me on the way out. Here's what I think. She's either going to be Sophie Clark or she's going to be Ellie from last season. Hmm. Yeah, you can't be both. That's the binary. <laughs> Those are the two genders. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't think, I can't really say I got a ton from the video. Um, but I'm here for her. I like. Isn't her, her yeah. last name is Marin? Uh, I don't know the last name. I, yeah, and one of my favorite Broadway performers was the late Marin Mazzi. So 
that's a good association to have. One of my favorite singers is Marin Ord. I'm kidding. <laughs> Does anybody remember Marin Ord? <laughs> I don't know if that was CanCon or not. So disregard. Uh, so the other thing is like she's a meditation specialist also. So she's this researcher, but also she talks about being a meditation specialist in her interview. Mm-hmm. Similar to Danny. Okay. We could have a potential connection there. Franny, I believe, follows us as well. Another connection. They could talk about drop your buffs. Uh, so I, I'm like feeling this. I'm feeling her. I feel like I really like that she came out and said she wants to do villainous things. Again, we need more of that. Let's see if she delivers on that. I would be really happy to see a character like her be villainous. But I think it's hard because like, it's not that it's, it's I, I, I don't get me wrong. I appreciate I know the intention. Yeah. But it's like, you can't really like the true villain. It's like, for instance, Parvati would be considered a villain to many Survivor fans. She is not a villain. But yeah. like, so it's like, intention is one thing, but it's like, I my favorite kind of villain is like, Faith is my favorite character on Buffy because she's would be considered a villain when in fact she's the opposite of a villain. She is like, that which vanquishes villains. So I want I want my faiths. I don't need my um I don't need my villain to wear the bumper sticker that says I am villain. Yeah, I hear that. And I guess an as an extension of that, a villain doesn't believe that they're the villain. A villain believes that they're doing the right thing. And everybody else perceives and they that often as villain. And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But, right, so then to say, so you can't really, it's like you can't yes, declare yourself the villain saying. without knowing, what if everyone out there is, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but, but for the sake of what we're talking about right now, yes, we appreciate someone who's at least willing to recognize that they are not, they are willing to do bad things. Yeah, yeah, I think, I do think we need more of that. What's that? Uh, it's like the Billie Eilish song, Bad Guy, starts playing. Yeah, it's that. I put that in, but I don't want to get flagged for copyright. I'm already worried about some of these songs they're playing in the background. Like, usually these videos oh all my have God, the same a... Survivor song. Sorry. What? There's a Pittsburgher. Sorry, I just saw. Sorry, I just saw. <laughs> Who, Heidi? Yeah, I just see Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, That's let's hear not Heidi. happened, I don't think, since Amber. Or since, I'm sorry, since Jenna. No way. I have not. I, You're I, telling I, me they I, haven't had somebody from Pittsburgh since season six <laughs> so when you search survivor players from pittsburgh jenna because like the we got it we need out. like a more fulsome list survivor though. players from pittsburgh one jenna amber grew up in like would be considered i'm sure at the time they probably said pittsburgh for amber because she would grow up in beaver mm. i think jenna is the only pittsburgh survivor player according to survivor history okay our second listen you there have been more fucking canadians than pittsburghers I don't, I, I honestly don't believe this. Okay. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> if it like, because it's so wild, if that's true, that's, that's a wild stat. Well, let's hear from her. This is Heidi. Hi, my name is Heidi. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but I live in Pittsburgh and I'm a first generation in the States for my family. And when I moved to the US at 23, I could barely speak the language. So that was quite a bit of a struggle, but in all honesty, it's made me who I am. I started as an engineer, but I'm also a mother of two. I'm a wife and I feel like that's prepared me to perhaps play in this new era of Survivor. 
Some people have carved a little bit of a path for me, like Sandra, she is also Puerto Rican. So I think she's one of those pioneers for me. And I would love to carve even more of a path for people that sound different and look different just like I do. Because I wanna show my kids that this is 100% doable. It started as a bucket list and now it's becoming reality. So I'm, I'm in it to win it. My winner, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, like, I'm not being funny. Like I'm, when someone's from Pittsburgh, I'm like all the way in. So, oh, so we have your winner pick. Yeah, I'm being serious. Okay, I love that. And I'm I like feel her. like she's just gonna. Yeah, but it's also like if and when she goes home, like I'm gonna. Feel, I'm just like I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna be a blind stand. I'm riding hard for her. It's just how, it's how I am. It's a Pittsburgh <laughs> thing. Sorry, you're gonna like see a different side of me, but like, uh, yeah, I'm all in. <clears throat> okay, love that. Winner and like will like willing to like like throw down if someone speaks negatively about her. Do you That's spend a lot of time in Pittsburgh? I do. I mean, well, what's a lot? But, like, I go back there quite a bit. I mean, unfortunately, it's, like, it has bad memories at the moment with my dad. But, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I fucking, I, I'm a, yeah, I, I'm surprised you don't know this about me. Yeah, I'm, like, a huge, huge Pittsburgh fan. And would you say that Pittsburgh is a fun city to visit? Absolutely. Should I go there? Absolutely. And it's really gay. Huh. You should go to the Warhol. There's so much good food. There's just so much to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh is God. that where the Liberty Bell is? That where the Liberty Bell is? Um, no, we have the Liberty Tunnel. Um, no, Where's Liberty, Liberty Bell's in Bell? Philadelphia? Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I always get those two confused. The P's. me with Toronto and Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the what? What could be coming up? It's just like the two cities in Canada that I know. So it's like, mm. oh, which one? Vancouver. It's not coming up as much as Toronto versus Montreal. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, well, let's hear from another gay. We have Josh. My name is Josh Wilder, and I am a board-certified, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon from Atlanta, Georgia. The profession of podiatric surgery prepares you for survivor because in the operating room, you have to always be ready for the unexpected, which is exactly what survivor is about. But I'm not going to tell people my profession. I don't want them to think I'm strategic or smart because I'm already gonna look at as a threat because of my athleticism, but I can outlast all my competition. I grew up in Ohio as a black gay man. I survived medical school. I survived a kidney transplant. I survived cancer. So with all that, you have to take negative situations and turn them into positive outcomes, which is going to be beneficial and survivor. So this whole experience is what I've been waiting for and living for my whole life. And of course, I'm gonna win. I'm going to win Survivor. I'm your next sole survivor of season 44. Okay. I see a lot of potential backstories for Josh. Yeah, I heard quite a few of them just now. I'm here for him. I mean, he seems exciting. He seems ready to play. He seems good to look at he's cute which, yeah i was gonna say which matters not i mean it does <laughs> i actually think yeah. a lot of the reason why like everything that i see of survivor australia that's not <clears throat> like yeah. fans of the show talking about it is based around people like like ogling the men of survivor australia and it's like mm -hmm. there's it a matters. Piece for that. yeah yeah it is doing what day. magic mike 3 could not <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day it is tv you know what I mean? John, we have to, at some point, I would love to recap <clears throat> together Magic Mike 3. <laughs> Do I have to have seen no. Magic Mike 1 and 2? It's no. a standalone. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> there are two references to the first, which, like, you wouldn't even, you'd right. understand what's happening very quickly. Okay. 
because right. we get to a quick Zoom call with the rest, with the cast of one and two <laughs> in three. Is it, okay. Is it, uh, the, so the Zoom call's on the screen? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And like glitches and all. It has like theaters now, or is it like available for rent? It's in theater. So I think once it's available to rent, we can reconvene about it. Okay. I just think you'd have a lot to say about it. I can't imagine because it's not what I'm you sure. think it is. It takes itself. It thinks it's like an art house film. Just the oh. third one. Just the third one. <laughs> okay. Is it directed by somebody different? No, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh, who did the first one. Okay. Interesting. Steven okay, Soderbergh well, yeah. of like uh, Ocean's Eleven fame. Right. Cinema. Yeah. Not Magic yeah. Mike 3. Although I kind of love it. Anyway, conversation for another day. Okay. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. Okay. okay. Well, Josh also follows us. So a lot of this tribe is following us. I'll say that. And uh, he's also hanging out with Hi at uh, Mardi Gras, <laughs> which is a big no-no. Like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing this. And it wasn't just him. Like, Claire was there, too, I think. Oh, you meant a no-no it's from, like, like, production. From production. Meant just, like, a social no-no. no-no. I was like, like I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That's why I was surprised. I was like, oh, you're saying the thing. Alec got uninvited from the David versus Goliath reunion for posting pictures with Kara. Yeah, because they were dating. And he posted pictures before his season aired. And they got cut. He got cut from the reunion. I think she was allowed to go because I think he was the one that posted it, which means he loses the $10,000 appearance fee for the reunion. And doesn't get to be at the reunion. I mean, he ended up moving on to White Lotus, bigger and better things. But still, like, they used to take this really, really seriously. And it's still a part of the contract. I think it's stupid. You should be able to do whatever you want. But it's just interesting to see how people interact with these things. Uh, But I've heard no... uh, Well, now there isn't a reunion. So what do they care? I was going to say... Old news. Um, so good for them. Uh, interesting, like like Josh and Claire would be hanging out with Hyde. Maybe that signals something about their relationship in the show. Um, he's going to hide his profession. I think that's like... We need to stop the doing this. It's like, and it's like, because people think, like, nobody knows what that is. Was he's a surgical podiatrist? I don't know. It's not what you think it There's is. There's no I mean? job like, you can come into this game with that is going to, like, make you better at the game outside of if you say that you are in film or, or football, it can work against you only because people will know you're wealthy. That's the one thing that is like the unspoken advantage Whereas if you come in flaunting any kind of wealth that will set yeah. you at a disadvantage. Yeah. I would argue cop too. Sure. Well, that is Josh and Josh is, uh, again, somebody I think that doesn't necessarily know his survivor history. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing, but his answers are wildly, amusing because when asked what his favorite moment in survivor history is he answers this probably when Sari and the dynamic six i think they're called the six but it was six women who voted out one of the guys because he gave up his idol sorry i'm blanking on the names but he gave up his idol and they kicked him out and there were six women and they dominated the whole season but that moment in time that stands out the most to me of course he's talking (laughs) About Sari, Parvati, and Amanda, and Natalie voting Eric out, the four women. Uh, 
in total, five women made up the Black Widow Brigade if we counted uh, Alexis, but I don't think we really do in the canon. Um, so I-, I love that he renamed the Black Widow Brigade, the Dynamic Six. I'm thinking maybe our, we should rename our merch. We should redesign our merch so that it's the Dynamic Six. I like that. And then he had another one where, uh, asked about the players that he associates with, he said, uh, Avi. Really is, I really like Avi because he played a really strong game and he made it to the top six and I really saw myself in him. Everybody was like, who is Avi? It turns out, I think he was talking about Davy in David versus Goliath. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> and maybe it was like a bad Zoom connection, but I re-listened. It was like very a very clear AV. But hey, I love a clueless hot. So Josh, you're it. Okay, let's hear from the last person on this tribe, Matt. My name is Matt Blankenship. I'm from San Francisco. I'm 27 years old and I'm a cybersecurity engineer. A cybersecurity engineer is a little bit like a digital bank robber. Your goal is to steal data in whatever way you can and then tell the bank, or in this case, the technology company, what you did and what they can improve for security. So this has prepared me well, I think, for the game of Survivor because every alliance is gonna have small details that you can exploit to cause mayhem or to steal information. So I'm a bit of a nerd. (laughs) I've always been a nerd and I hope that I can emerge from this sprouting beautiful wings and soaring and uh, win the game of Survivor. Um, What happens, we'll just have to see. (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna make a comment. This is just my, my feelings. If you can wear a tank top and there's like discernible muscle on display, I just don't think that you can identify as a nerd. (laughs) Because I don't think that's how you are perceived by people. I think that, because again, for better or for worse, I think many would say for worse, society upholds like muscled bodies. And I just, when people, people have an idea of what a nerd is and like, Yes, sure, he's got the glasses and, like, the big hair, but, like, it's not giving nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I do think like it's Cochran's giving nerd a little bit, nerd. but I also hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could go either way on this because I didn't notice the muscles. When you, they now weren't, that you said like, it, popping. I'm like, oh, I'm just, yeah, of course. I'm but. just saying, I just think for all intents and purposes, he's, like, would be characterized as a hot. Interesting. I would say more nerd. But one man's hot is another man's nerd. Hello. And vice versa. I like this idea, despite it being a bit of a stretch, I like this idea of like cybersecurity engineer. You know, you're looking for cracks in a system and that being a transferable skill to survivor. Mm -hmm. Because very rarely do I think there are actual transferable skills when these people talk about, you know, their day-to-day life or their job and they, and the, how it's going to apply to Survivor. I feel like it's often a stretch. Uh, this one I really like because although it's a stretch, I feel like it's really specific and it's a really specific skill to find cracks in things and, and uh, uh, be able to compromise a system. And I like that. And I would like for it to sort of like come into play in this season. I feel like the stars would really have to align for that to happen. But uh, it's it's an enticing little morsel that, that I was offered in this video that I like. Concur. Okay, so that is the last person on the Soka tribe. Let's regroup. We have Claire, Danny, Franny, Heidi, Josh, Matt. Remember, Danny, Franny, and Josh follow us so we like them. 
Claire likes Courtney, so we like her. Heidi's from Pittsburgh, so we like her. And Matt might be hot or nerd, depending on... Or he could be both, depending on what he could. you do. So I'm liking this tribe overall. Like, I feel like it's not as flashy as the first tribe that we looked at, but I think it's a little bit more dynamic or nuanced. And so... Do we want to call out a first boot from this tribe? It's totally mm. random. The nerd. The nerd? That's mm-hmm. where I would go to, I think. Yeah. And uh, a group I would like to see work together maybe here is, I think we have Claire and Josh, who we know are friendly. Uh, both queer, black people could work together very well. I would love to see them pull in Franny. And obviously we want Pittsburgh represented in there. So let's say Claire, Franny, Heidi, and Josh ride this out to the merge. Let's say that. Settled. Okay, let's move on to the final tribe, the Ratu tribe, which will wear orange. And we're going to hear from the first person, Brandon. Uh, My name is Brandon Cottom. Um, I'm account manager for a security firm and I'm from Newtown, Pennsylvania. I love Survivor and I think I have what it takes because, you know, I'm mentally tough. I feel like I'm physically strong. And then also I consider myself a jack of all trades. I love to play the piano. I do magic tricks. I'm a pilot as well. So that that's somewhere I've kind of dabbled in for a while. And I did play for the Seattle Seahawks from 2015 to 2018 under Pete Carroll. So I think my biggest assets will be for one in challenges, but then also to just morale. I feel like I'm a very positive person and I feel like positivity can be very contagious. So their first impression is gonna be, all right, this is a big guy, he's probably an athlete. But then once they start to get to know me, they'll see I'm fun to be around. I like to have fun because it's a blessing to be out here. So I think for me, I'm just ready to hear Survivor's ready and let's go. Survivor's ready. We got an NFL player. We got a sports we player. Check in the box. It's not gonna bode well, I think. Nobody um, wants to hear that. No one does want to hear that, but I do appreciate good morale. I think there's something to be said about morale. It's important. I mean, magic tricks. Pilot, I mean, jack of all trades. If I was on Survivor on a tribe and somebody started doing magic tricks, I would keep them around as long as I could. Well, I mean, look at what happened with uh, the guy on Survivor Australia season one, the magician. Yeah. They kept him around for a while. Yeah, they did. Good call. Still have to finish that. Okay, well, like him, I don't think that he's going to maybe go that far because of the NFL thing. I think it does always point put a target. Like, you don't see these professional sports players or sports-adjacent ad- people really, like, go to the end of the game. Uh, he could break that curse, but, hey, I know he just said it, Evan. What is the football team from Seattle called? The Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I was really hoping to stump you with that. Oh, you're not going to stump Is it because he just said it? No, I just know the NFL. Oh, you know that? I would literally never know that. Yeah, I know the NFL. Like, I heard that and I was like, Evan's never going to know this. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. my surprise skills. Love that. Do you have a team you root for? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) (laughs) What about the Pittsburgh Penguins? They're our hockey team. I root for them Mm -hmm. as well. What if the Pittsburgh Penguins played the Toronto Maple Leafs? I would feel bad for you because you would go home a losing city. (laughs) Yeah, actually we would. I don't know much about sports, but I do know that's true. Okay, let's hear from Jamie. Jamie Lynn Spears-Riez. 
Hi, my name is Jamie. I am from Mesa, Arizona. I'm a marketing consultant and a yogi, but I started working in corporate America when I was very young. And while I was climbing that ladder, I had to create alliances and strategize on how I was gonna get to the next promotion. So Survivor kind of helped me succeed in corporate America, but now corporate America is gonna help me succeed in Survivor. But my yoga and my meditation is going to be my guiding light. It reminds me of my power that I have that will help me win the game. And we like to speak things into existence. So this is the next soul survivor, Jamie Lynn Reese. <laughs> I'm ready to plant seeds, water them, watch them. And then the bounty, the harvest is gonna be the million dollars. I'm so excited for that. Okay. It's giving big multi-level marketing vibes. <laughs> It's like I want her to be like Stepford wifier, but like it unfortunately like doesn't ever get to that place. So I'll land yeah. with you on MLM. Yeah, I do appreciate the talk about corporate America. Like we're we're calling back to season one. You know, it's recalling all the conversations between Richard Hatch and Susan Hawk, and I like that because we don't really get those conversations anymore. But you know, mm -hmm. we'll see how that how, how that goes for her. Uh, in her interviews, she uh, speaking of season one, sorry Kelly Wigglesworth, but Jamie is here to make friends. One of her goals is to make lifelong friends. So. I hope that works out for her. Yeah, and yeah. yet, uh, the one of the players that she identifies with is uh, Shan, who famously doesn't have a lot of friends from her cast. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how these two sort of uh, different worldviews collide here uh, for, for Jamie. I'm interested. I don't know if she's going to win the game. No, I mean, I, you're interested, me less so. Okay, well, it's time for you to learn another city in Canada. Let's hear from Kane. My name is Kane. I'm from Saskatchewan, Canada, and I'm a recently graduated law student going to become a lawyer. I think law school is a big thing that shaped me into who I am. It taught me to become the negotiator that I am. It taught me to be confident in myself, but I'm also a big kind of goofy guy. I kind of move around like a little bit of a Sasquatch, so I don't think a lot of people know I'm a high-achieving student. Like, that's not how I come forward. And so I think that I'm going to be on a good vibe tribe because the vibe kind of follows me around. So if I win this game, I think it's going to be because people People didn't know what I was until it was too late. I came here like as a player first. I didn't come here a girl's person, I'm sure I will. I didn't come here for a million dollars. I got lots of ways to make a million dollars. I'm young, you know. I came here to be the sole survivor and play this game hard. So I don't think I'll ever have to have Jeff tell me to dig deep. I want to be digging deep. Okay, he didn't say the name of the city, but he is from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Hmm. Which is a real place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they might not have an NFL team. They might not have an NHL team, but they do have Kane, and he is definitely going to play Survivor this season. Oh, see, I'm more into him than you are. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. I just feel like there's, of the men that we've seen so far, because, you know, famously it's like we – do not stand men on this podcast. Uh, he, to me, has the most opportunity to, like, have an interesting arc. Hmm. Like, I could see him with all the women kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Are you 
suggesting anything with that. What do you mean? Like, I don't think he's gay. No. No, I wasn't no, suggesting okay. anything. No, okay. Sorry. I thought, sorry. like, you met one of the girls. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's me reading into that. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, but the thing about this is that intro package really reminded me of Survivor 42 contestant Daniel. Daniel uh, Strunk, I think was his name. He went home early. He was on that green tribe of High and uh, Chanel and those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he could very well have a, a different uh, path in Survivor for himself, but that was the vibe I was getting, uh, mm-hmm. that he's sort of like a little bit aloof and goofy, and like you don't necessarily picture him on Survivor, but he seems very game body. And I find that in this new era, the game bots aren't really doing well. Uh, there are a lot of these people who come in, and like David Voce, Daniel, uh, they're not getting past the pre-merge and i think it's i don't know they're like not building the relationships they need to so could be interesting maybe he's going to get together with the girls and he'll have those relationships he needs to go to the merch he could totally have i I hear what you're saying he could have a good arc and hey we didn't have any canadians last season they're finally letting one creep in this season because uh, (laughs) we were starting to take over and so it's time for moose jaw to represent okay let's go to lauren my name is Lauren Harp. I grew up in Texas and I am a educator. Survivor does mean a lot to me. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, but I think my castmates, they're gonna underestimate me. They're gonna think that I'm just like this cute, like young looking girl, but what they really don't know is that I've been through a lot. I'm a single parent. It's just me and my boys. And being a single mom really has prepared me to play this game just because I am adaptable. Going through a divorce, I had to just pick up the pieces and just go with it. And so here in this game, I'm gonna be able to adapt to any situation and roll with it. So I'm definitely gonna miss my kids, but they're dependent on me to come back home with something. So if I'm gonna come out here and endure all this pain and struggle and all these bugs, like you better believe I'm coming out with a prize. She is interesting. I think she's uh, great for TV. She is very pretty. She looks great. Uh, She's got this story of being like a single mom. That's fine. Something, though, that drives me nuts is when people in their early 30s, because by the time you're in your early 30s, I feel like you should know know better than to say stuff like this. (laughs) She says... Uh, In her interview, I think that my tribe mates at first glance may just see me as a cute, sweet girl just coming out here to live the island life, but I think they won't realize that I'm 30 years old. It's like Sonia would be like, okay, little girl. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, and uh so i also like, just think we'll it's see. funny when people like self-describe themselves as like i know people are just gonna think i'm like gorgeous and like smart and like let's just like <laughs> it's just funny it's like i would go out there and it's like the things i would my own self-image is such where i would just be like i know people are gonna think i'm a fucking cow and it's like she's just like i know people are gonna think i'm cute <laughs> it's like oh it's so sweet <laughs> yeah Meanwhile, my video is like, people are going to think they're playing with Shrek, but it's me. (laughs) (laughs) People might think that they're playing with Shrek, but I'm not nearly as funny. (laughs) That wasn't me making a joke. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. The thing 
the thing that might give Lauren a leg up here is that she's a new era super fan. It's not that she came in the new era. She's like, she prefers the new era to the old era, which is red flag. But hey, maybe that'll help her. Okay, Lauren. Lauren's uh, Instagram is wild too. Like she is promoting the fuck out of Survivor 44. She's like, don't forget to subscribe to Paramount Plus at Paramount Plus. But it's like not paid advertisement. She's just she's just getting the word out. Get the vote out. Okay. So I hope all our friends are subscribing to Paramount Plus. Let's go to Maddie who follows us. And Maddie's Instagram name, as I understand it, it's always been her Instagram name, is at Jeff Probst Can You Hear Me? And so little meta now that she's on Survivor. And uh, yes. A follower of Drop Your Buffs, so let's hear what she has to say. I'm Maddie. I'm from Southern Maryland, but I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I was an executive assistant to a CEO, but I quit my job to become one survivor. So I'm not afraid to pull the trigger and really put it all out there because I'm like the middle of five girls, and to be the middle child of the five of us, like you really had to like step up. So I see myself playing in the way that I play my life, just like one step back, because I don't want anyone to like see me as intimidating. But once I hit the merge, I want to be out in front. Like I'm tired of the girls playing from the sidelines and we always talk about, oh, she had such a great social game. I'm like, we have great social games in real life. Like I'm not here to play from the sidelines. Like I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be controlling the game and just kind of see if I can pull it off. Interesting approach. Yeah, I mean, I want to say, like, plenty of women don't play from the sidelines. I just don't think that you can, like, I don't know. It's just like, the idea that, like, that, like, a certain gender plays Survivor a certain way is, like, so laughable to me. Because it's, like, we've seen, the show is so much more rich than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's definitely intriguing. I feel like I, I'm very curious to see how people take to her. She feels the most, the least polished, and I mean that in, yeah. in a good way, um, yeah. of the people we've seen. yeah. I don't love that we're like casting two Brooklynites. I just feel like, I don't know. I know for me, if I'm on an island and like someone else is from Brooklyn, I'm going to feel like a kinship with them just because yeah. like we're from the same place. We've probably been to a lot of the same restaurants. I just feel like I like, it's 18 people. Why can't they come from like all different parts? <laughs> like save the Brooklyn yeah. for the next season. Yeah, I hear you. But like, this is the show that in the twenties had like five people per cast from LA. Yeah. So I'd rather have two Brooklynites than five, whatever you call people from L.A. I hear you. What do you call people from L.A.? Angelinos. Oh, yeah. Angelinos. Okay. Angelina. Let's get some more Angelinas. Hello. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Maddie does. There's a lot of pressure when you quit your job to go on Survivor because if she's first out, that sucks. But hey, she's not selling merch, so she doesn't seem that hard up for cash. So we'll see how she does. The family photo they showed was giving very Christian girl autumn. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying that that's, that's the case. It was just giving me that. And uh, what else did I have to say here? Oh, this is what I like about her. That in her interview, she openly said, you know what? I was really bummed out to find out we weren't playing the 39-day game. Uh, like that, like that a lot. 
So, Me too. You and me somebody both. else said that. Oh, that I think it was Claire said uh, when asked about you know what they are looking forward to about the new era or something was like, um, not really much. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say it in those words, but that was basically the answer. It was like, I'm not really looking forward to the new era stuff as much. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love these honest queens. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I'm enjoying that. Okay, let's go to our final uh, contestant. It is another gay salon owner, barbershop owner. Same difference. It's all in the haircutting industry. Okay, let's hear from Matt. Also follows Drop Your Buffs. My name is Matt Maley. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I'm a barbershop owner. The new era of Survivor is fast and dangerous, and it keeps you on your toes. And that's kind of how I've had to live. I have a husband, his name is Dale. We have a four-year-old named Jasper. And being a dad has definitely prepared me for being one survivor because you have to refocus everything into your child. And that's what I'm driving here for. That's what the goal is, is to make his life better by me being here. And so I think that's gonna be really, really beneficial for me in the game of Survivor. My strategy is to be very fluid. He's the dad, he's the nice guy, he's funny, he's giggles. That's great, because that's really kind of the way I wanna play it because I'm not adaptable, I'm beyond adaptable and I'm a social butterfly through and through and I will flutter through those physical competitions and all the strategy and I'm gonna come for every single one of them okay that is Matt he's married he's married and he's got a kid again I'm just thinking it's like cuz like hi had the boyfriend Carlos got the wife um, Ricard's got the husband yeah. I mean and then oh wait what's the one that we thought was straight but then came out to Zeke oh Brett didn't he have a boyfriend at the time? He's got one now. He's, he's certainly got one now. <laughs> um, anyway, what do I think about this guy? Um, I didn't jump out, like jump off the page for me, mm-hmm. but, you know, rooting for the That family. could work to his advantage. Yeah, hey, not for nothing. Yeah. If they're like, hey, we can only have one hairdresser here, and it's either Matt or Jam Jam. Matt might win out. You've got polar opposite personalities. Yeah. Uh one thing that I thought was interesting from his interview was that he said he's currently studying massage therapy. And one thing he promised himself that he would never do is use the healing power of touch to manipulate people because that would cross an ethical line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Could have used him on season I thought 39. that was wild. <laughs> because it's like, I mean, what's the insinuation that like you're giving people a massage and that like, that well i think what i mean i think yeah i mean i think he's saying yeah what you picked up on which is like lol that like he felt the need to like clarify that it's kind of like (laughs) is this something you usually like you know um let us know about in advance um but i mean good i'd rather someone not sexually assault (laughs) contestants so oh that's not where i thought that was going no 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 I mean, like, you know, you, like, get close to people. Like, you're like, oh, do you want a shoulder massage? Like, no, no, and then no. You get I, close know, to that I know, person. I know, I know. Oh, I, you're, you're, okay. So we're not actually talking about sexual assault. No, 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 we weren't. I was, no, I, okay. <laughs> we weren't at first. We're not laughing at sexual assault. We're laughing at our idiocy. I think our listeners know that we're not laughing at sexual true, assault. True, true, true. Always good to clarify. Okay. Oh, we have to talk about this tribe as a whole. This is the Rat, Ratu, Rat, Ratu, Ratu. Tribe. It's a little too close to Rotu for me. I know it's way too close. A lot of these, I feel like I've heard a lot of these names now like. a couple times. So we have Brandon, Jamie, Kane, Lauren, Maddie, Matthew. Honestly, to me, this is so. Also, we have a Matt, we have a Matthew, and we have a Maddie. 
a little confusing, uh, but that is what it is. This tribe is like the most mismatched, I think, of all the whole tribes. Like they're all kind of like lower key characters, but it's like with the NFL player, with the MLM chick, with Moose Jaw Canada, with they'll never know I'm 30, um, with Jeff Probst, Can You Hear Me? And then the gay hairdresser. Like they're subtle personalities, but I don't see like a lot of them immediately bonding. Like, even, like, Maddie. Like, Maddie and Jamie, they're, like, I mean, they are seven years apart. But, like, generally, you would think, like, oh, these two girls are, like, younger and they might get along. But uh, I don't think that they come from similar walks of life at all. And, like, is Kane going to get with... So you wanted him to link up with the girls. So let's imagine Lauren, Maddie, and Jamie get together with Kane. Love that. Vodell, the NFL player. Yeah. And the barber can give them all a shoulder rub after <laughs> to keep himself in the game. Okay, I love that. Let's do an overall winner pick. Evan, I think I know who yours is. Do you remember her name? Pittsburgh. Yes, it is Heidi Pittsburgh. The last name Pittsburgh. I thought her first name was <laughs> Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Heidi, yeah, I like Pittsburgh Heidi Pittsburgh actually. Heidi. For the yeah, sake okay, of dropping So them. yours is Pittsburgh Heidi. Oh, I really like Claire and I really like Franny. You know what? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Claire just because I really, really liked her answers. I mean, like, to, to bring up Courtney Yates when everyone else is bringing up these, like... It's just Sandra, Sandra, Sandra. No. You're playing chess. Of the Sandra and Courtney partnership. Know, I want Courtney. Yeah, you're playing chess. She's playing chess. Yeah. Okay, so that is... My winner pick. I, I'm going to say overall first boot pick for me, Carson. It's wishful thinking. Thank you for uploading the video, Carson. But I hope that you go out first. I'm with you. Okay. Love that. Amazing. So this is it. Wednesday night, CBS. <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> going to be recapping the first episode of Survivor 44 as usual uh, the following day. So look for that on Thursday where you'll get all of our amazing positive reactions to Survivor 44. Uh, this is, n- no, I'm just kidding. We're going to be honest at the end of the day, but <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, okay. And in the meantime, of course, Ricard and I are also recapping Australian Survivor. Hey, you want to watch some good Survivor? Australian Survivor. The season is incredible. We're about to hit the merge. And Australian Survivor Heroes vs. Villains is being recapped every week by Ricard and I. Usually on Wednesdays, those episodes go up. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that. And go to our Instagram at Drop Your Buffs Pod to follow us there so you don't miss anything. Okay. With that. Thank you so much. These are two Shreks signing off. Goodbye. (laughs) Good night.